0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. Well, in your Bibles this morning, turn to Genesis chapter 3. I had, you know, we've been just studying Jesus. Uh, that's a pretty good subject, isn't it? Amen. Since it's Christmas, I, I, I just, kind of, just kind of prayed and said, Lord, can I go this direction? He said, Sure. I like that when God tells me that, amen? Yeah. And uh, I'm going to kind of refer to or, or end up in a, in a teaching or something that many of you have heard me teach on, something that I've taught uh, all over the world for years and years, and that's on the incarnation. Everybody say incarnation. The word incarnation means to clothe with flesh. And that's what happened with Jesus because Jesus was pre existent before Bethlehem. Amen. Amen. He was will be, always will be, and is the Word of God, the living Word of God. I was, uh, I was studying some different translations, some things I'm studying in the book of Hebrews. I really love the book of Hebrews. And it said this in, in, in chapter 1, verse 1, it talked about how God in, in sundry times or in times past spoke unto the prophets la- uh, spoken to our fathers in the last days by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Uh, one translation I read this week said this, it says, uh, in olden times, God spoke through prophets to all of our forefathers. In these last days, he's chosen a new language to speak to us. That language is Jesus. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh man, that guy nailed it right there, amen? So God's language to us is Jesus. You want to know about God? Study Jesus. Jesus is the very imprint, the very nature of God. But I want you to know what God has done for us in Christ is so miraculous. Listen, if if you never see a major miracle, you don't see someone get out of a wheelchair or or, or someone healed of cancer, some, some major manifestation, if you never see that, the fact that you are born again means you have already received the greatest miracle available on planet earth right now. Now it's an inward miracle, but the thing about it is it's going to affect you for eternity. One day, about a million years from now, you're going to look at me in heaven as we're walking by with each other, and you're going to say this, I'm so glad I got saved. Amen. You say why? Because it guarantees you an eternity in heaven and an eternity with God. But listen, how God got us to this place is one of the most, not one of the most, it is the most amazing story ever told. Amen. Now we know God created the earth approximately 6,000 years ago. The, the dispensation of the human family began when God in his sovereign nature spoke into existence a new order upon the earth. That did not, does not mean that the earth did not exist. The Bible says it did exist, but it was void and without form. Ever read that in the book of Genesis. Now, a lot of people would ask this. Well, Pastor, why would the earth be dark and void without form? If you go study the scriptures, you'll see that I don't know where. At some point in what we would call the eternal time clock, something happened in heaven. Something so bad happened in heaven. And it happened so fast, it wasn't some, you know, these, these novelists trying to make it look like there's this great big struggle between good and evil and good, and, and it's gone on for eons of time. That is untrue. That's not scriptural. What happened was is there was a cherub in heaven. A cherub is a classification of angels. That angel was given, the, literally given uh, through the way he was created by God, he was given the assignment of bringing the entire heaven's host into worship and praise to God. He was literally a being that was created with musical instruments in his being. Amen. His name was Lucifer. Lucifer, I don't, for I don't know how many uh, eons of time, the, he, uh, he, he operated in that office and in that gifting. But at one point, the Bible says, he got his eyes off of God. He got his eyes on himself. Selfishness literally began to form inside of him. And a force called iniquity erupted on the inside of him. Eru- uh, iniquity is literally the bedrock reason the world's in the shape it is right now. That iniquity did not originate with God, did not originate with man. God did not make man to possess iniquity. But when man judged that entity in heaven, Satan, and threw him to the earth, when that happened, the earth went dark. Now you can go back and study back in the millenniums of time and see where there was a great ice age upon this earth. That literally they find dinosaurs and they find uh, different things almost frozen in stride where they were literally like taking a step and some cataclysmic event happened on this planet in which the whole planet went dark and turned into a big old chunk of ice. You say, well, well, how did that happen? Here's how it happened. Jesus said, I beheld Satan. He fell like lightning to the earth. That means when he caused that insurrection in heaven and a third of those angels rebelled against God, he took all of that host and he threw him to the earth so fast it looked like lightning hitting the ground. Amen. So you've got the earth. It's void without form. But on the earth you have this dark entity called Lucifer or Satan. We call him the devil. A lot of people say, well, I don't believe there is a devil. Well, just look around you. It's getting more evident day by day. Amen. Now, man saw the earth. Now, the heart of God is a father heart. Did you realize that? What does, a fa- what does a father's heart, what does it radiate? What comes out of a father's heart? A true father's heart is to reproduce. He wants to reproduce after his own kind. So God looked down upon the earth, and what he did is he began the process of what we call creation. He began to use his word. People come to Island Church, and many times and say, "Why do you say those things over the? Why do you say those things over your offering? Why do you say those? Why do you speak those things? You speak over your health It's because God made us in His likeness and His image, and in the likeness and image of God, we are creatures of what we believe in our hearts and say with our mouth. We've taught you guys this for years. The sum total of your entire life is what you have believed in your heart and, and confessed with your mouth. You say, well, I don't believe that. That's why it's not working for you. But I've never, listen, I've watched people for years. They end up saying, well, you know, I don't know, man. I, I got a little bit the other day, but I'll probably be broken a month. Guess what? They were broken a month. Somebody buy a new car, walk around and say, well, you know, it'll probably fall apart before I pay it off. You know what happens? It falls apart before they pay it off. But then you get somebody get saved, get filled with the Holy Ghost, get revelation on the Word of God, and they go around saying, no, I'm going to pay my car off. I'm going to pay it off in time. It's not going to fall apart. I thank you, God has blessed me with that car. And then the person said his car was going to fall apart. Look at you and say, you're crazy. Both of you are doing the same thing. One of them doing it by faith, the other doing it through doubt and unbelief. So God created the earth, but he put upon the earth... Literally a copy of himself except for deity. He made us in a different classification called humanity. Everybody say humanity. The human family came from God. God created the human family. Now listen, he created them male and he created them female. Now that ought to be more than enough to deliver anybody from thinking, well, I must be a man trapped in a woman's body or I must be a woman trapped in a man's body. That's a lie. Remember what we've said about, Figuring out who you are. Did y'all, did y'all remember that? It's so simple. It's not spiritual. You just take a peek. Amen. You say, well, I don't feel that way. Well, I'm telling you, there are times I don't feel that way either. But I reject it. You say, "Why? Well, God made me a man. God made me a man. I'm going to live like a man, act like a man, be like a man. And you know, here's the thing. I don't have to try to be a man. You say, well, it's natural. That's the way God made me. Now, God created and made all this beautiful creation. He put man in an awesome garden, a paradise, the Garden of Eden. Uh, God gave everything that man would ever need, but God gave something unique to humanity, humanity. That obviously he gives to every spirit classification of beings he creates, he gives you a choice. Everybody say choice. Therefore, in the garden he put two trees. Everybody say two trees. There's the tree of life and then there's the tree of the knowledge. Everybody say the knowledge of good and evil, which is tangible proof right here and there that we are fallen because when we raise our children, we have to teach them not to do certain things because there are certain things in them that are inherent, not because they're they're, they're white or black or Hispanic or Asian. Or, it's inherent because they're human. You don't have to teach a child how to lie or to cheat or to be mean to their brother or sister. It's just natural. All the natural tendencies of man are now fallen. Everybody say fallen. Fallen. That happened because that man and that woman, what we call original creation, in that pristine environment of the Garden of Eden, they allowed the enemy, Satan, to speak to the woman which was illegal right there because the man's the one in charge, amen, speak to the woman, fool her. She fooled the man and the whole thing fell and, and the human family is now a, a fallen race. And everything, everything that was unique to Satan, to the enemy, was downloaded into humanity on that moment that they ate of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And mankind began to die. Death was not unique to humanity. God created you as a human being to live forever in a body that would not age and not to have to be under the weight or subjection to sin and unrighteousness. But the original man and woman, we call them the master copy. You know, we, we used to produce, Lord, for years we produced uh, cassette tapes. Cassette tapes were more, were more uh, uh, unique to this than the, than the CD. But cassette tapes, you had to have a clean master copy. You might know what I'm talking about. If you did not have a clean master copy and you put that master... We used to have these big uh, reproduction machines and we'd come in off the road and we'd, all our product would be gone and, and they'd put those master copies on there. I'd go in there and watch them. They'd have like, was it four or five on each one? And they'd be pumping out those copies and putting them in. But listen, if you get a bad master copy, you can't go fix all what the master copy has reproduced. You need a new master copy. Amen. So God knew when man sinned, there was a plan it was called redemption and he began there in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 now look at that verse i'm going to go ahead and read it in the king james it's very unique listen to what it says god is speaking to the man and the woman there's only there's only really four unique entities on the earth at the time there's the man there's the woman there's satan and there's god amen now now first of all hold on hold on i just felt that thought go through the crowd you say well pastor i don't know if it's right for god to put man upon the earth With the devil being there and being subject to the devil. Well, they weren't subject to the devil. God told them and spoke to them and said, Now listen, you take dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and you take dominion over what? Every creeping thing. You know what he was saying? Snakes coming. There's a snake coming into your garden. I'm warning you there's a snake coming into your garden. They didn't heed it. Amen. So man fell. The woman fell. She brought the fruit to the man. The man did eat thereof. Don't blame the woman. The man was the one in authority. He could have stopped it right there and said, God, my woman has sinned. I stand between her and you so that you will not judge her. And God would have fixed the whole thing. But because the man fell, we all fell. But listen, because the enemy caused one man to sin, that gave God the right to use one man to redeem us. And in the midst of all of that drama, that sin, could you imagine how they must have felt when all of a sudden that, that knowledge of good and evil went into them? They looked around. They, they, they saw themselves. We're naked. You know, every creature in God's creation is clothed from the inside out. A deer grows hair, a cow grows hair, birds grow feathers, fish grow scales. Man was clothed from the inside out with the righteousness of God. When he lost that righteousness, the glory of who he was left him and he looked at himself and he saw that he was naked or the true word is uncovered. Man stood uncovered before God and God had no choice other than to remove him from his creation which was the garden and put him out into the earth where the curse was. Amen. And I'm telling you, the curse was there. But listen to what God said. Verse 15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Now notice this. Between thy seed and her seed. Between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. Thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, bruise thy head. Everybody say, bruise thy head. That term in the Hebrew means to take away the authority thereof. Now remember, God gave the authority of this earth to man. He gave the dominion of this earth to man. And when man sinned, that authority went to Satan. This whole system of the world. Now here's the problem you're going to face. This whole system of the world is fallen and corrupt. They say, well, Pastor, we've had some wonderful times. Well, we've all had wonderful times. Well, Pastor, there are some good people, but are they alive? Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive because in that garden, when the master copy died, we all died. Amen? And physical death runs its course, but life does not stop at the grave. Life continues into eternity. That's why God promised a redeemer. Yeah. Amen? Now, Isaiah, Isaiah 14, real quick, then we'll go, to, we'll go to Luke and we'll close. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 7. Look there in verse, uh, let me find it here. Isaiah chapter 7. Just verse 14. Let's just look at, because if I get into everything else, I'm going to have to give you background. Just go to verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself, everybody say the Lord himself, Amen. shall give you a sign. Everybody say a sign. A sign. A sign. Everybody say sign. Amen. Now sign, or a sign points and gives direction. Amen? Amen? That's what signs are. He shall give you a sign. Now notice this. Behold, listen to this. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen? Now, in order to take care of a flawed master copy that reproduces after its own kind, the master copy of humanity, Adam and the woman, were put on the reproduction machine. Every seed reproduces after its own kind, and the seed of the fall was so corrupt, and man got so corrupted that God had to destroy the whole thing in Noah's day. But that did not not discount the promise. God used a man named Abraham. Out of Abraham came 12 sons. Out of 12 sons came a nation called Israel. Out of Israel came a priesthood and a kingly lineage. And King David of Israel, God said, he's a man after my own heart. There was something about King David that God loved. Listen, he was not a perfect man. He committed murder. He committed adultery. He was in some conspiracies that were terrible. But at the end of the day, God said, he is a man after my own heart. And out of his lineage came Messiah. Out of his lineage lineage came not only the virgin but the word that would empower the virgin to conceive. Now, if there was ever a miracle, because a lot of people, it gives you an arena for doubt. Well, was she raped or some some Roman soldiers? I've heard all these types of speculations. But in reality, if there is no virgin birth, what are we doing here? It's one of the pillars of what we believe. So I want you to go to Luke chapter 1. Well, take just a moment, and I want us to look at the incarnation today. This is why we celebrate Christmas all year long. This is why we celebrate who Christ is, who Jesus is, because I want you to know you can talk about God to the whole world, and the world will say, oh, God, this, oh, God, that, oh, God, this. But I'm going to tell you, when you start talking about Jesus, it gets real personal. I mean, they don't even want you praying in Jesus' name. You say, why? Because Jesus forces you to make a personal decision about him. But in reality, religion has so muddled this story, and it is one of the greatest stories ever told of the incarnation of God and of the young virgin girl who allowed that to happen to her and how God actually did it. Now, you look chapter 1. Real quick, let's go through this. Verse uh, 26 is where we'll start. Luke chapter 1. Let me find it here, verse 26. It says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, everybody say Gabriel. Gabriel. Now, Gabriel's an archangel, amen. that's, that's That's a bad dude right there. Was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, notice this. To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Everybody say Mary. Now, I want you to understand something about God and how he does things. First of all, if you're going to live for God and live by faith, you've got to take the word coincidence out of your life. When you begin to study the sovereignty of God and God's interaction with man, you understand something about how God has interacted in your life, all of your life. Based on what? I don't even believe God. Well, based on this based on Jesus coming to the earth and initiating a new dispensation of time called the acceptable year of the Lord. God has kept you alive. God has kept you out of prison. God's kept you from dying. God has kept you from all kinds of... No- you say, well, I've had some pretty stuff, bad stuff going on in my life. God has kept you alive till you could be brought to a place in your life where you could make a correct choice about this man, Jesus. There's no other choice on earth more important than that choice. We call it the question of life. There's a lot of A questions of life. And you listen, you can get all the A questions right. You can live in the right town, marry the right husband, marry the right wife, have the right 2.5 kids, drive the right car, work at the right job. All can be right. But if you get this question wrong, all of that's for naught. It doesn't make a hill of beans. But here's the good news. You can get all those questions wrong. You can marry the wrong man, marry the wrong woman, uh, have the wrong job, drive the wrong car. You can can live in the wrong town. But if you get this question right, everything's going to be okay. God's going to take care of it. So here's Mary. Now, the point I'm making is this She was the right person at the right place at the right time. And you sitting in this auditorium this morning, you may think, well, I'm just here because I wanted to come. I wanted to come check it out again. No, listen, you are the right person at the right place. At the right time, and God has not made a mistake. What God is wanting to do with you is the same thing He did with Mary, He's wanting to put something in you that you've got to grow, carry, and birth that's gonna be the destiny of your life. And it's never too late. You say, Well, you know, I'm I'm older in life. It's never too late. It's never One of our our ministers, we grew up around, Dr. Lester Summerall, when he was 75 years old, God gave him a vision. He was praying in Jerusalem with two young pastors, young dynamic pastors, both had built mega churches. They were his his spiritual sons. He's praying in Jerusalem. God gives him a vision. God says to him in this vision, there are Christians going to to bed at night, praying the Lord's Prayer, thanking the Heavenly Father for their daily bread, but they they go to bed hungry. Then he said this, Lester, I want you to feed them. And Lester said, I'm too old. Not me. I'm 75 years old. God said, it took me 75 years to get you to the place to speak this to you so you'd obey me. And what looked totally impossible, the purchase of C-147 airplanes. You can't do that. He bought three. Ships and things to send people all over the world. And millions of Christians tonight will go to bed with food in their belly because Dr. Summerall obeyed God at age 75. It's never too late to conceive. It, <laughs> I said it's never too late to conceive. If you just let God put something on the inside of you, it's never too late to conceive of something that is of God that can be the destiny of your life and cause you to live a glorious life. Not a life without attack or pain or anything, but no, for every attack and all the pain, you'll have an answer because you're walking in the will of God. So here's Mary. Now notice this. An angel... Not just an angel, but an archangel is appearing in front of her. I mean, I've, I've seen glimpses at, at times. I, I've told this t- story many times about how I saw an angel bending over Leo when Leah was big with, with Breeland, and he had his wings folded right over Breeland. That made me feel so good. Amen. I knew the Lord was watching out after our, ch- our child. But listen, angels are servants, servants of God given to us Amen. To help us upon this earth. And this, this angel here, this is an awesome, awesome, huge angel. And he's standing there. Now he's brought something from God. He's brought a word. Everybody say a word. That's why that book in your lap is so important and so powerful. We've worked in nations over the years. Y'all saw the videos we've shown y'all, of the Chinese people getting their Bibles, illegal to own. They could go to, jail, go to jail or even be executed for owning a Bible. And when they're passing out their Bibles, they're hugging them and they're crying and they're worshiping God and thanking God for the Word of God. There's no book on the planet like this. There's no spiritual book on the planet. This is it. This is the life of God, the power of God, the anointing of God. And what, what Gabriel was bringing to Mary was this, the Word of God. Amen. Now, notice what happens. The angel came into her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Well, you'd have thought right there she'd have started jumping down, running around the church glorifying God. No. Notice. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that are highly favored of the Lord, blessed art thee among women. Now notice, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not. Everybody say, Fear not. Fear not. Now listen, I'm telling you, interacting with God is an awesome thing. I was always too afraid God would just turn me into a pile of ashes. You say, why were you afraid of that? Because that's what I deserved. I mean, I was, I was the consummate prodigal son. And I thought for sure God would just, you know, just wad me up throw me away and start over with somebody else. But you know, God's not like that. God loves you. God cares for you. And God has a plan for your life that's so awesome that even, that even searching for it will blow your mind. So here she is, and she's just like us in her humanity. When a word from God comes to us, what do we do? We cast in our mind what manner of salutation that should be. Amen. And fear tries to get a hold of us. You say, what do you mean by that? How many times have you heard a word from... I know that many times, especially when it comes to finances, you get up and start teaching on prosperity, you talk about tithing and offering and giving, and people start going, oh, no, what manner of salutation is this? <laughs> Amen. I mean, God wants me to actually give some money or something. Yeah, it's amazing when you start studying the precepts and concepts of God. God doesn't just want a little bit. God wants everything. Amen. I remember one time I was praying. Then I, I, was, I was in Bible school and I was praying. I said, I said, Lord, I mean, how could you use me? I have nothing to give you. You know what God said to me? He said, you ain't got nothing I want. He said, all I want you. Well, that made it easy. I just gave him me. Amen. And when I give him me, everything goes with me. But you can imagine how many times we've taught subjects the Word of God that has to do with your character, different things, and, you, and this fear tries to wash over you. Well, I know that's the Word of God. How can I obey that? How can I do that? Well, that's exactly what was happening to Mary. Mary didn't just jump up and rejoice and say, well, I've been waiting for this all my life. I was born for this. She did not know that. This angel was bringing the entire volume of everything God had ever said about Messiah and was bringing it to a 14-year-old virgin girl. Amen? Amen. Cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not. See, so he, he had to address the fear. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shall bring forth a child, and shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. See, under Hebrew law, only the father had the right to name the child. Let me try that again. You might get something out of it. Under Hebrew law, which God is the one that initiated Hebrew law, under Hebrew law, the only one that had the right to name the child was the father. Remember, remember who was it? Zacharias. God had put up on him. Literally, he couldn't talk for nine months because he was going to talk against what God was doing in John the Baptist. But when it came time to name the son, uh, uh, somebody wrote down, we're going to name him John. And they said, well, ask his dad. And they went over his dad and his dad wrote John on the piece of paper. And they said, you've got no one in your family family named John and when he obeyed God and wrote John, guess what happened? He got healed in his mouth and he could talk again. Amen. Amen. Only the Father can name it. See, all of us bear resemblances to our earthly father but God wants you born again so you can bear resemblance to the heavenly Father. Amen. Now notice this. All of this that he's beginning to say. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb, shall bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, be called the son of the highest. The Lord shall give unto him the throne of of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob, or Israel, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, now notice this, then Mary said unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? (laughs) Amen. Now, I remember teaching this for the first time in the nation of Ireland to a predominantly Catholic crowd, who considers Mary deity. They want to call her the fourth, they want to call her a redemptionist or the fourth part of the Godhead. Mary is a human being just like we are. Has, she had the same tendencies to doubt and fear and, and intimidation by the word of God and she had to make a choice on whether or not she would obey the word of God. And when this angel brought this awesome word to her, first thing she did was go into fear, trying to figure out in her mind what God was trying to tell her. Second thing she did when God began to expound through that angel on the word of God, because what God did to address the fear was to give her more word and more word and more word. You say, why? Because the word drives fear out every time. But then she began to rationalize and she began to say, well, obviously this guy wants me to have some type of a child, some type of a a leader, some type of a Messiah, some type of whatever it is, but how shall this be? How how is this going to happen? Seeing I know not of man. Now, what if God came to you and said this to you? I want you to do something, and there's a natural way to do it, but I don't want you to do it naturally. I want you to do it supernaturally. What are you going to do then? Amen. Amen. I mean, we've had that happen dozens of times in our life when God said, I want you to do this, or I want you to do that, or I want you to do that. Everything from buying houses to doing crusades, everything God's told us to do. And when he told us to do it, we were like, how shall this be? <laughs> I ain't got the money. I don't have the open door. I don't have this. I don't have, you know, let me tell you my, this is a good time. I'm a guest, good... that's my church, I can do what I want to. <laughs> this is a good time to tell you my 20 gauge shotgun story. Now, you may think I'm crazy, and I probably am. About five or six years ago, I was praying one day, and I had been in prayer for several days. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to believe me for a shotgun. And I thought, you know, did I eat too many tacos at Taco Bell today at lunch, or what was that? So I kind of just dismissed it. About three days later, I was praying again, and the Lord really impressed. You know how the Lord can speak to you, and he puts that mm in you, where you're kind of like, I better listen to this, or I know I'm not going to feel too good the rest, of the, the rest of the day. The Lord said, I want you to believe me for a shotgun. And I told the Lord, why? I've got a closet full. I've got more shotguns than I know what to do with. I've got shotguns I didn't even it out of the box yet. And the Lord said, I want you to believe me for a shotgun. And I'm like, there's something going on here. I said, okay, Lord, and he said, what, if I were to ask you what you wanted in a shotgun, what would you tell me? So I didn't even say anything. I waited for a day because I wanted to think that out, and I thought to myself, I'm a left-handed shooter. I shoot my guns left-handed. All my guns are made left-handed, and I thought to myself, one gun that they've never made is a left-handed 20-gauge shotgun in an automatic platform. It's never been made. They made Remington made one for two years. They're a piece of junk. They're an antique, and it costs $5,000 to buy one. They don't even work. So that, I, that was just off the table. So I thought, the Lord, the Lord said, okay, believe me for a 20-gauge shotgun. So I thought in my mind, well, there's no way I can believe God for an automatic shotgun. So I did some research on a difficult hard shotgun to find. And I have a friend in the gun business, so I called him up, and he said, that's pretty tough, pretty tough order, but I think I can find one About a, Three, four days later, he called me up, and he said, I found one in Atlanta, Georgia. I said, "We'll send it over. And so I got it, put it, my, put it in my case, and I thought, well, that's the end of that. I don't know what that is all about. All I know is I obeyed God. That was in the, spring, in the, in the, in the early, uh, late spring, early summer of the year. September came, and I, I received a publication of an organization I'm a part of called Ducks Unlimited. We help raise young ducks up in the prairies of Canada so we can shoot them down on the Gulf Coast. Laughter called conservation amen so their magazine full beautiful you know full color you know magazine came and i'm standing out by my my mailbox and i always like to kind of open it up and see what's you know what's what's in it and i open it up and the front page it said new for this year the benelli arms company is introducing a left-handed 20 gauge automatic shotgun And when when I read that, the Lord spoke to me and said, when I tell you to believe me for something, if it does not exist, that does not exempt you from believing me. I thought, oh my God. It, It just expanded so much in my heart. That which God wants to do in our lives, just like with Mary, God is saying, look, there's something I want you to carry that's never existed. Amen. How many of our lives, that's the way God wants to use, something that's never existed in your family, something that's never existed in your life, something that's never existed in the area. That's why one of the things we're believing God for here is great revival on this island because this island's never had it. They've called this place the preacher's graveyard where preachers go to die. Well, I ain't died. I ain't dead. I'm more alive than I've ever been. I've got something in me that God has put in me, and I'm not discounting the possibility. With God, oh, I better not get ahead of myself. Let me use it to close it with, amen. Now notice, this angel imparts more word than in verse, uh, what verse is that, 27, and behold thy cousin, everybody say cousin, Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called what? Barren. So barren ain't barren no more. Barren instead of being barren is fixing to be barren. Just checking to see if you're listening, amen? You say, what do you mean? She's fixing to be barren a child, and she was told for years, you'll never have children, and now John the Baptist is in her belly. And now God's using, now listen to me, God's using the example of somebody who had an impossibility of their life to inspire faith in Mary. I don't care what you're going through. You say, Pastor, my marriage is beat up. My finances are beat up. My body's beat up. My brain's beat up. It does not matter. There have been people worse off than you've ever thought of being. They have taken the word of God. They have gotten out of their situation. They have risen up in faith. They have touched the garment of heaven itself. They've pulled down the provision of God and got through what they were going through. You can do it. They did it. All you got to do is want to. Amen. Amen. Let's do something real quick. We need to do this. You know, a lot of times things that happen in our life are public. You know, our our police officer, Dion, sits back here. A lot of stuff went public about him, but you know, Thursday he was vindicated because we stood with him and we prayed and we agreed and we need to lift our hands and thank God for what God did for, for, for Dion and Holly. Amen. Come on. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. I mean, it was a miracle of God. God vindicated. Amen. Listen, no matter what God puts in you, there's always going to be an element of the impossibility. She's considering from the time this angel began to interact with her, from the time this word began to come at her, word began to come at her, word began... She began to doubt it. No, no, no. How can this be? How can this be? My mind is messing with me. My head is... what. No, no. But I don't care how many no's there are in your life. It just takes one Yes. give you a miracle. Now notice, here she is. Let me close. I'm almost finished. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She has conceived a son in her old age. This is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now notice the next phrase. For with God, now listen to this. For with God, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Now that's the word of God. For with God, now listen, listen. Your mind can stretch out and try try to Navigate the perimeters of what impossible is. But you can't do it. I don't care what it is in your life. I don't care what it is in your life. Nothing's impossible with God. I don't care what it is in your life. Nothing. The disease, the doctor could have said, it could be stage four. Uh, The marriage could be on the right. It does not matter. I don't care what God says. Nothing, 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 nothing is impossible with God. you got to give him a chance. If you don't give him a chance, you're going to sit there and die in that which the enemy is doing to you. But if you give God a chance, you will see his hand in your life. Do signs, wonders, miracles. I've seen it for 37 years. There's no way to deny it. For with God, nothing, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. Notice the next scripture. This will be my last scripture. Notice the next scripture. Mary said. Everybody say, Mary said. Mary said. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Oh, my God. And the angel departed. Now, listen to me. Here's this little virgin girl. Uh, most Bible scholars say she's between 14 and 17 years old. She's a teenager. Amen? This awesome experience is taking place. She's going, what is going on? There ain't no way. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. Then the the angel, directed by God, began to give her more word, more word, more word. Then he included the testimony of somebody else that faced an impossibility. Then he gave her a word that her mind could not talk her out of. For with God, nothing, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. Now think about this. See, a lot of people think, well, this is some great mystery that the common people should never touch. It's locked up in the Vatican in Rome and nobody should ever. No, 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 it's plain right in the word of God. God shows it to us to inspire us to do the same thing so that we can conceive and carry of the reality of Christ in us and in the destiny of our lives. Now when that angel said, for with God nothing, I like the Amplified, no word of God shall be without power are void and be without the ability to bring itself to pass. So here he is standing there and he's looking at her and he goes, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And she goes like this. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Now listen to me. This is so, this is so cool. At that moment in time, See, God invented time. We're going to figure out time's not near what you think it is once we get really into eternity. At that moment in time, a preordained, predestined, sovereign moment on the calendar of God. At that moment in time, every word spoken about Jesus. I wanted to show you the first one in Genesis 3.15. For the seed of the woman. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Not the seed of man, the seed of the woman. So do what? He's going to take away the authority of the devil. Now, the devil's going to strike at his heel. That's persecution and all the enemy tries to do to us. But I'm telling you, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. 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 But when she said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Everybody say word. Now, see, there's two words for the word word in the New Testament. There's the word logos. Everybody say logos. That's a Greek word. It means the word that's printed, the word that I proclaim, the word that I speak to you, the word that you read, the word that you meditate upon. But then you make the decision whether that, that, that logos word becomes that word, that rhema That living word, because when she said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, she was talking about this word has become personal, real, and I accept it. At that moment in time, Genesis 3.15 was fulfilled. Every Now listen to me. Every word spoken about Jesus, all down through the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, all the old covenant, every word, every prophecy. Isaiah is a total messianic prophecy book. Every word spoken about Jesus in the unseen realm. There it was. And when she said, be it unto thy handmaiden according to thy word, that word came out of the unseen, went into her physical body. Touched her reproductive organ and Jesus was conceived in her womb. Holy, righteous by the Word of God. You say, Well, what good does that do for me today? Same thing. You come to Island Church, whatever problem may be going on in your life, you hear a word. You hear a word. I thought Brother Paul Trokal's word for the church on Sunday night. How many think that was right on? He didn't know what's going on here. He came with a word from God for our church. When you say, Lord, I need a miracle, what God's going to do is he's going to make sure you get some word. You get some word. You get some word. You get some, we've seen it happen physically many times. We've told you the testimonies, how God's touched our bodies. When you need it, That word, see that word stays right here in the spirit realm. That's why we say so much. We speak the word. We speak the word. We speak the healing word. Thank you, Father. By his stripes we're healed. Thank you, Father. You've delivered us from the power of darkness. Translated us into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you, Father. The law, the spirit of life in Christ sets us free from the law. Just those words, those words. Then when you need it, you say, be it unto me according to your word. And that word comes into you and it conceives right here in your spirit. Now you've got something on the inside you carry. it. Now you're carrying that. Now what you're going to do? You're going to use good prenatal care. Because what God conceives in you, he'll give you the strength to grow, he'll give you the strength to birth it, and he'll give you the wisdom to raise it. God will give every person a dream that's willing to allow their spirit womb to conceive. I believe the same thing in the natural we see in the spirit. You say, what do you mean? I believe what we see in the natural, all the abortion that we see, is a type of the enemy coming into the body of Christ and aborting the dreams of God and God's people. We've seen about all I care to see. I've seen about 20 years of it. We came to a screeching halt. The charismatic move came to an end. We were all just going and blowing. We were doing 300 meetings a year around the world. But God knew we needed to survive this next 20 years, so he gave us Island Church. That's right. And here we are at Island Church. And listen, although we may be few in numbers here, we affect the entire world. We have have a few hundred that will watch us in the area on live stream. We have 30,000 internationally that will watch us, get our messages, hear us teach the Word of God. We're connected with ministries that are seeing millions of people saved every year. I mean, they're, they're not just people that come in and out of the church. These are our good friends that we're in covenant relationship with. The dreams of God on the island. Sure, we fought. This has been a tough place. But I'm telling you, we've had some breakthroughs. And our greatest breakthroughs stand right before us right now. You say, why? Because one day, Lee and I just made a decision. Be it unto us according to your word. We had successful ministry. We knew what it was like to have our own building, our staff, be going all over the world. And God said, no, no, I've got another word for you. I've got another word for you. Some of you, it needs to be a physical healing in your body because you've suffered so much with some life disease like diabetes or arthritis or... No, no, God's got a word for you. It just needs to be conceived in you so that you can birth that divine health you've always thought you could walk in. Some of you, it may be be your finances where you've just struggled financially. You say, Pastor, I I I can barely pay my bills. I live from paycheck to paycheck. There's a word of breakthrough and blessing that'll get the bondage of this world system off of your life and help you to live, not paycheck to paycheck, but from faith to faith and glory to glory and here's the one that will really help a lot of people, they need a miracle in their mind your mind has been so beat up, all of ours has so destroyed we live at a time in history, 6,000 years of what I call reverse evolution man going from the presence of God to the animal that he is today And I tell you, minds, there's people that are depressed. There's people whose minds are twisted. There's people that are so confused. They're like, I don't know what I am, where I'm going, what I'm going to do. What's going to happen to me? I've got good news. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him should not perish. He's the new master copy. But it's based on your choice to obey him or to reject him. And what's amazing is once you get born again, then every day is a choice to obey Him or to reject Him. And every day you obey Him is a good day. Amen. Every day you obey Him is a good day. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. Every head bowed, every high cloak, just for a moment. Then we'll receive our missions offering. Praise God. I ask you to hang around too. We need to pray for our missionaries at Christmas time. Amen. Praise God. If there's anyone here today, you say, Pastor, I, I'm just not living right. I'm not doing right. I don't know if I were to die, i go to heaven. I don't know if Jesus were, was to return. I'd, I'd go, go with him. I don't know. All I know is my heart's broken. I don't know what to do. I'm confused. I need Jesus. Well, thank God he's here. We don't want to embarrass anybody or cause anybody any type of shame. So we've kind of fashioned our, 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 our end of the service altar calls like this. I'll give you a couple of of categories you can respond to. Then all you need to do, if that's you, is just put your hand up and put it back down. The church is going to bow their heads in reverence to the Lord and close their eyes to respect you. So if you're here today you say, that's me, Pastor. I need to be right with God. Maybe you've never been saved. You've never just simply made Jesus Lord. You've not done that. You say, well, what do I do? Do I join a church? Do Do I start doing good? No, no. You have to believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that God has raised his son, Jesus, from the dead, that he was born of a virgin, that he did live a sinless life, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, that he did signs, wonders, and miracles and still does them today. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Or maybe you are saved, but you're not living right. You're not doing right. There are things in your life you just need to get right with God. We've been saying it like this lately. You need to get right. You need to stay right. Time's too short. Hell's too hot. Heaven's too real. God is too good. And I'm telling you, these are the last of the last days. Every day we make it another day surprises me. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. Say, Pastor, that's me. When you pray that prayer, I want to pray that prayer with you. Would you lift your hand right now? Anyone else? There's one, two, three. You can put them down. As soon as you raise them, put them back down. There's three. Anyone else? There's three. Praise God. Just for a moment, just search your own heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. One more time. I'll look one more time. There's three that have raised their hands. Praise God. I see that hand. God bless you. Put it down. You can do that. Thank you, Jesus. Now, everybody, stand if you will. Stand if you will. Now, here's what we're going to do. We do this all the time. Island church people, you know what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer. I'm going to lead you in it. The whole church is going to lead you so you'll feel comfortable. You won't just be there by yourself, the three that raise your hand. You won't just be by yourself praying a prayer. The whole church is going to pray it with you. Now, remember what Mary said. Be it unto me according to thy word. The word of salvation, the word of restoration, the word of forgiveness. Remember this. God is a perpetual forgiver. You know how many mistakes I've made since I got right with God 37 years ago? You know how many mistakes I've made? All of them. <laughs> Did you get that? He said, well, What do you do when you make a mistake? The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. I just say, God, I blew it. I've had to do this. I've had to do this. This may help. This really may help some of you. Lord, I knew it was coming, I saw what it was. I yielded to it. I did it anyway. Now I'm here to tell you I'm sorry. You say, you really do that? I've got to do that to stay clean. It's when you stop doing that, you get dirty and get away from God. So we're going to pray out loud. Amen, church? We're going to let our own ears hear what our mouth says. Now listen, when we finish it, it's going to be, be it unto me according to thy word. I'm trusting God to put something in you this morning. Everybody ready? Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, according to your word, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Heavenly Father, I declare he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He did signs, wonders, and miracles. He died on a cross. He rose from the dead. He did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. It's mine. Be it unto me according to thy word. Heavenly Father, you know what I need. You know the miracles I need, the breakthroughs I need, the miraculous things in my life. All I can say today I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Areas of my life that are weaknesses in me. I confess it to you, Lord, and you alone. I thank you. The blood of Jesus right now cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. As I stand Island Church, I'm right with you. Heaven is my home. Jesus is my Lord. I'll never be the same. Never be the same in Jesus' name. Now rejoice with them. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Now, Lord, as we dismiss, we do it expecting your word to be vindicated in our life. Psalms 91 No evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Lord, you said that, we believe that. So, Lord, we thank you in our travels, highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other type of travel, transportation. Thank you, Father, we are protected and blessed. Father, we also thank you in the righteous labor of our hands, the jobs you've given us, the businesses, our investments. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for your blessing upon it. Thank you also, Lord. Our hearts are burning with evangelism. Let us be a light. Let us be life. Let us live Jesus outside the four walls of the church so people will see him in our lives. Thank you for it, Father. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you. Yes, I'll do that. Okay. The Lord just stopped me and said, do this. Now, we said earlier, we use words. Everybody say words. How many enjoy our healing confession? Anybody got time to say it right now? Now, the reason is, is I want to push back against Omni. What's he called? I don't like Omni, whoever he is. I don't like him. Amen. I don't like COVID. I don't like the flu. I don't like anything like that. Now, you say, well, pastor, what good does it do? It's amazing. You can do a little Papa, he's in pops in heaven. I'll never forget this. When him and mom first came into the faith movement, I remember when it happened. There was a, a, a flu epidemic that was hitting the Pasadena, Houston. This would have been in the, in the late uh, uh, 60s, early 70s. Brother Hagen had been coming, teaching on faith, teaching on faith. Anyway, front page Houston Chronicle: flu epidemic hits Houston. Pops went out, and he went to Rexall Drugstore. It was right, right, right down uh, 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 Ritchie Avenue, by, over by where we live. And he bought, you know, they had, they had, they had uh, uh, Kleenex two for one. Glory to God. They had uh, he, he bought three or four kinds of cough syrup. He bought all this kind of stuff. When by the time he got home, he had the flu. And I heard him get up and testify this a hundred times, so it's, it's nothing. He had the flu. And, and and he said, I found out later, I said I was gonna get it. I prepared to have it. Why do I wonder when I got it or try to blame God for giving it to me? <laughs> Alan, you remember that. That's my brother. So here's the deal. We just take our words, instead of using them negative, we take the Word of God and we apply it. You say, how do you do that? The only way you can apply the Word of God, you have to understand you are made in the likeness and image of God. God is a creature of His Word. We are creatures of our Word. Out loud, Heavenly Father, I declare you are the healer and health of my body. Jesus was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement on peace was upon him. By his stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Father. You bless my bread. You bless my water. You take all sickness, all symptoms from the midst of me. Thank you, Father. Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. I forget not his benefits, he forgives all my iniquity, heals all my disease, redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Jesus. You said you'd never leave me, you'd never forsake me, you'd be with me always even until the end of the age. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace on my life, medically. Heavenly Father, I have to navigate the days and months ahead of me. Thank you. I can do it in health. You've not given me spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind. Thank you, Lord. No evil befalls me. No plague comes nigh my dwelling place. Angels have charge over me. Thank you, Lord. You've delivered me from the power of darkness. You've translated me into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you, Lord. The law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. And the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells, it abides in me. It quickens, makes alive my mortal body declare, from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, I am the healed of God. I push back against the flu, against colds, against COVID, against Delta, against Omicron, against anything else that rises up. Thank you, Father. I am the healed of God. Now rejoice and thank you. Hallelujah. Come on and thank you. Now, if those Were my words, they would do you no good. But everything we say comes right out of that Bible. And the Bible says of God, he watches over his word to perform it. Amen. Fathers, we close. Thank you for your protection, safety, and goodness. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you, and love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, powered by the word, anointed by the